0: Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. A few weeks ago we had a program about Red Kite, an organisation which cares for the patients and families of children with cancer. Today our program looks at those of us in the community with adults who are seriously ill and their families. I have with me in the studio Sister Annie Laurie, who has been involved with some of those needing care with an organisation called Make Today Count. Annie, it's lovely to see you and thank you for coming in.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks, Iris.
0: Sister designates you as belonging to an order of nuns. Which one?
1: I belong to the Sisters of St. Joseph at Lockenbaugh, but I live in the community here at Walls End.
0: For the benefit of our listeners, I should tell them that you're not wearing a habit and I must admit when I first met you, you didn't fit any of my preconceived ideas of a nun. How long have you been wearing civvies?
1: Well, I was one of those lucky people. When I entered the convent, I entered in the nineteen seventy, when there was great changes in the Catholic Church and um, part of that was for religious life that we didn't have to wear the big surge black habits and so I never had to have my head shaved or anything like that. I've always had a tuft of hair showing in the early days and then now we just wear our ordinary clothes like everybody else so it's good and comfortable
0: so you don't miss the habit. Not at (laughs) all, especially in our hot climates of Australia. Is part of your order to be of service to the community? Is that the main object of the order? Yes, we were founded by
1: Mary MacKillop and Father Woods and their idea was to educate people, the children, the poor, and look after the people who were out in the communities, young mums, um, just being present in the community. So um, we've always, as an Order, been out with the people and living amongst the people. So the work I do now just, is just wonderful because I don't have to do anything new for the Order. It's just being present to people.
0: Do any members of your Order
1: live in-house? Yes, we have, we have some convents uh, mm. where people live in uh, community. It might be four or five or ten. But most of us now live alone or just mm. in communities of two. Uh, it just depends where the need is and what um, people need to do to feel fulfilled and uh, nurtured and cared for in the
0: community. Yes. We're talking today about Make Today Count. How long has that been going? Well, it started about 31 years ago by
1: a a woman here in Newcastle who went to America and um, met up with – she had cancer and went over to America to see some family members and they met up with a group called Make Today Count – and so when she came back to Newcastle, she put in the paper, anybody who wanting to speak about their cancer meet at Charlestown Library. And that was 31 years ago. And so that's how it all started, with the support of um, Lions Clubs and Rotary Clubs, and because it's always been our voluntary mm. organisation. Yeah. And how long have you been involved? About 25 years. I've been hanging around in it, and <laughs> it's changed my life radically because... When you're dealing with people who have life limiting illnesses and bereavement and it, you just realise what's important and what's not important in life and mm. I think life's you know, short for all of us. If we live till hundred, it's still a short life. If you like I always remember we were in a group one day and someone says, oh, I wouldn't like to live till I was a hundred. Who would want to live till you were a hundred? And someone said, if you're a half, and a half, you might. So I think it's all about, you know, where we are at this moment in our life. And if you're really sick, well, you might not want to stay on the planet too long. But if you're really well um, and you want to reach 100, that's fine. So how many people actually work with you at Make Today Count? We have about 20 um, volunteers who are really active, but we have about 50 that um, come and go in our lives. Uh, It just depends. Like looking after people who have got um, needing support is, is quite exhausting for the families and also for the volunteer. So we always give time out for the volunteer when the person dies so that they can get refreshed for the next time they want to do some more caring.
0: Do all of your um, long-term patients die or do some of them recover enough to get back into the community? Oh, yes. A lot do recover
1: because of treatments that are now around. But a lot do die. Um, because we, our work is about supporting people emotionally, so a lot of the time, by the time people come to us, they're very sick and they realise they need support. For their families and for friends, so we come in usually when they're very sick, and Mm. maybe they do get a treatment, and they might um, do very well for a couple of years. But sometimes I might only last six weeks, or you know, it just Mm. depends on um, the stage of they are in their dying process. Mm. So, are any of the people who work with you paid? We have a part-time coordinator, and she's paid, and that's through a non-government organisation. So we have an NGO. We're called NGO. uh, But we have to do a lot of fundraising, that sort of stuff, which... I find very difficult fundraising. It's like <laughs> it's not my thing. Fundraising. I'm much better sitting on the end of a bed with somebody sick, <laughs> not fundraising. So you're not one to go out no, and, not, and not selling to raffle out. tickets. No, I'm not one to go out and sell <laughs> raffle tickets, and I always buy a raffle ticket when I look at people selling them because I feel sorry for them. <laughs> also, I do believe usually in the program
0: that they're working for. While you're working for Make Today Count you're there through your order, does the order get any any money for your services? Yes, we get a small stipend
1: and the, but I just like to say here that as an order my the sisters have allowed me to work in the community um, quite for a long time with very little money coming into the order, but they believe in the work that we do. Um, being present to people in their pain and their suffering. And so uh, it's been a great experience to be able to be in the community. And also the um, clubs like Rotary Club and Lions Clubs, they've very much supported me and helped me to be educated by paying for me to go to conferences, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But the Sisters of St. Joseph, they're the ones who have really supported me and allowed me to work for 25 years out in the community
0: which has been great Uh, I must admit I wish our listeners could see the grin on your face when you're saying things like that Um, so you get all your money through fundraising, do you have a special day here in Newcastle?
1: Well we do on the third Sunday in March we have Jazz in the Vines and that's for our fund, that's our main fundraiser Mm -hmm. and that's next on the 13th no 15th, 15th. Of, mm. of march so we're praying that it will not be raining and all will be well and anyone can come <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're listening to well-being and my guest today is annie Laurie. annie let's talk now about make today count and the and about the people you help Do you come in direct contact with a person who is seriously ill themselves or just with their family or not with their family, if you see where I'm coming from?
1: Usually we get in contact with both parties, the person who is really seriously ill and also with the family that's supporting them, uh, caring for them. It might be a husband or wife caring for the person or it might be a son or daughter or it might be a whole family that's supporting the person. So we're getting involved with everybody because it's about really being present and helping people to do it right because you only get one chance to do this right. Mm. And my thing is, if you do it right, after the person dies, people can get on with living
0: the best way they can. There's less chance of them saying, I wish I had done Mm.
1: And often people fall through the cracks of life. What I mean by that is when we go into their, into their lives, we can support them by saying what's available. Like, sickness makes people very poor. Mm. Um, so it's about making sure that they know about Centrelink, they know about what's available in the community from community nurses, hospice... Um, outreach hospice but it's important that people know what's there so that they're not going to be scared i mean it is scary when you Mm. when someone you love's dying so it's about really helping people
0: to get have the confidence to do what they want to do does the patient need to have a terminal condition for you to catch up with them or Is it just general support for someone who's very ill? For example, um, perhaps somebody who's on a dialysis machine, likely to be there for a good while, and then they're fortunate enough to have a kidney transplant. Do you still keep in touch with that person after they've had the surgery, for example?
1: Well, it just depends what the family want. Sometimes, like... When you do follow up afterwards, sometimes people just want to get on with their lives. And if they see people who have cared for their loved ones, it reminds them constantly of that time. But some people just want to move on and just get on with living. And some people who have transplants just want to get on with living to the
0: full. Mm, Because they've missed out on on that. Mm. And,
1: And people like us remind them, you know, well, there was another time when you know life mm. wasn't like that mm. but there are others who would say yeah it's great to meet up and have yarns about what was and now it's this so it's a like i guess counting
0: your blessings the fact that life's good mm. at the moment and very much an individual choice it is mm. very much mm. so how does mate today camp find out about the the people
1: Usually uh, it's word of mouth uh, from people in the community who have been supported by us, or it might be through their g p or the hospice, or it just depends who who the person's seeing at the time
0: and can their family get in contact with you even if the the patient doesn't you know if the patient said i know i'm I'm doing oh, okay yes um but can they the family catch up with Yes, they can. And sometimes
1: that often happens because sometimes the person who has got the life-limiting illness or life-threatening illness, they just don't want to know about it, and that's, that's okay. But the family probably needs support to know how to manage that. Mm. You know, some of us die... Um, thinking they're never going to die but some of us die thinking waiting to die so everyone's different and it's important that everyone does it their way Mm. not the way we think this person's dying for the first time and so we have to really respect their story
0: and that's really important does the fact that being a nun make any difference to your approach to people you know as in um, a secular or non-secular attitude? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think I have the privilege
1: of, um, in my work that I'm more av- probably more available to be called out at night time if things are in crisis um, because I haven't got a family and I can go if I haven't got other commitments. Whereas if you were a nine-to-five job, that's very hard to do that and that 's what 's very important in Make today count that we are available twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, so that people know they can call us, and usually people never call us unless they really want mm. you it 's amazing they they only call you when they really need you, and they have respect for us in that as well so but my i guess i 'm really um I really admire the way people are so present to their loved ones, but also present to the other people around them. I guess, for example, we've had people dying over the last few weeks with all these bushfires, but the people have been interested about the bushfires. Mm. Even though they're really confronted by the fact that they're going to die and their loved one's going to die, they're still aware of other people. Yes, I yeah, yeah. I fully adrift on yes. that one. Yeah. So it's, it's about um, being there with just with the people at this time. And what actual support do you give? Mostly we give emotional support. Sometimes, um, because I'm a nun, I sometimes hang out with some spiritual stuff. And, and that's good too because um, a lot of people... Um, may not be active in their church or active in their religious beliefs but most of us have some sort of um, belief or a reason why we're on this planet Mm. so it's about journeying with people about discovering why we're here and and how we leave the footprints on people's hearts and how we allow relationships to be better before we die or maybe relationships (laughs) with the person who's dying that that can be sometimes bridged and mended so that's really important for people
0: the other day when we were talking you mentioned that over the years you've had youngsters call out to your your house and stayed with you and you've been Sort of a, not really a babysitter in the true sense of the word, but supportive to these. How does, how does that work? Is it just that they live in, these particular people live in the area and it's convenient? Well, it all started because some of these children have
1: genetic illnesses and they are life limiting, life threatening. And so I started supporting those families and then we realised how hard it is. To support families who have got disabilities, and so um, Helen and myself in our little community started caring for for these children, and also I was a pastoral care worker for one of the schools, and so disability schools, and so we became aware of the stress that that is for parents, and and in that we've been able to support the families and doing that they came and stayed with us where we had hands-on care for them but now that they're in their 20s and i'm getting old um i mean this all happened 20 years ago so they were all young and beautiful and wonderful little children but now they're these handsome um, teenagers and beautiful teenagers, so, well, now they're 20, they don't need old ladies like me looking after them.
0: I'm quite sure they come back and say hello though on occasion. Oh, they do.
1: We, we have all our meetings and go out for dinners and that sort of stuff. But it's a different thing to do hands-on care when you're getting older. You just can't do that. Mm. I mean, you can do emotional support and we still do that for the parents and that's fine. But to do hands-on, you really need to have energy. And I admire parents who are older than I am who are doing hands-on care for their disabled children.
0: You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols, and my guest today is Sister Annie Laurie from Make Today Count. Annie, what about group support? Do you organise groups for either the the patient or the families or both and how does how does that come about and how does it what benefit is it
1: well statistically it says now that people survive much longer if you do find a support group our support group's been going since it's since the very beginning Mm. and we're one of the oldest support groups in Australia one of I think we are the oldest in New South Wales and we do work alongside um, Sydney Uni uh, they come up or we go down to some support mm-hmm. groups with them and we have two support groups a month uh, every second and fourth Tuesday from 10 till 12 and then on the fourth Tuesday we have lunch and we have that for the person who has got the illness plus the family or the person who's Mm. caring for them. Now, sometimes we divide that group up, the ones who are caring and the ones who are sick. And that's really important because both of them are coming from a different perspective of the illness. Mm. So that's really important that we acknowledge where people are at.
0: And I guess from the point of view of, of the people, it gets rid of this, I'm doing this all on my own they actually have the physical contact of knowing somebody else is in the same sort of boat and it's important
1: that it's outside the family sometimes that they can Mm. really talk about how bad they really feel how sad they feel and not burden the family with it Mm. or not burden the loved one whether it be the sick person or the not sick person it's it's so important that the stories heard about the difficulties because mm. it's very, it's very sad and very stressful yeah. when we get something life threatening and and we're confronted by the fact that we could die tomorrow mm. rather than yesterday or
0: whatever it is, or oh, so, in know, twenty years you know, time or whatever. Well, I
1: mean, we're yeah. all going to die, but I mean, I'm not excited about dying. <laughs> you know, I like being here, so it's about you know, like this person's dying for the first time, as I said earlier. So we've got to nurture that you know and Mm. look after that and respect
0: it and respect the story now obviously you after all of this and and the person dies and you give um, bereavement support that's quite different It it must be quite different from being there while you're waiting for it to happen so do you wear a different hat to to do that
1: I suppose you do, but the other side of it is, if if we've journeyed with the person who has, you know, died, and then we journey with the family, the members of the family, it's so important that sometimes you know the story. Yeah. And um, and sometimes people might want to see somebody else besides myself, mm. Mm. because they might think I know too much about that part and they, <laughs> won't, they just want to do about this next part and, and get on with life, yeah. you know, that's really yeah. important. So it's about, um, we sometimes put them into groups, uh, which is really great because um, in groups it's that peer support and they discover mm. they're not the only ones like that, you yeah. know, feeling the same feelings of um, loss and Lack of confidence. So sometimes we put them into groups called the Seasons for Life, Seasons for Growth, mm-hmm. and that's a wonderful program uh, where it's about supporting people in a peer group support. And it's, it's not um, – it's, it's about education, about educating yourself about what grief is about. And when people learn about, well, I'm all right, I'm normal – that you makes do, a big difference. It does. It mm-hmm. makes a great big mm-hmm. difference about mm-hmm. you've got a reason why to get out of bed, yeah. whereas
0: before you didn't. Yeah. Now, I've heard that you, if requested, you go and help out at funerals. What do you? I do, do a fabulous funeral.
1: <laughs> Tell me more about it. <laughs> well, it's very important that you do funerals properly, and sometimes people have, um, as I said, have le- lost left their church for a reason. Um, And they still believe in a God or universal goodness or whatever they believe in. So I go and check out what they want. And it's about what they want to do, not about what I want to do. Mm. Because they only get one bite at this cherry to do it right. And there are great opportunities about what you'd like to do. Sometimes I get families to talk about the funeral they want before they die yeah. and that's that can be handy to know what you want but the person wants to be cremated or buried like i always say to people while you will talk about it yeah. it's hard to talk about it when you're dying but while you will and i always and it's one thing i'd like to say today you know tell loved ones what you want tell them whether mm-hmm. you want to be buried or cremated and where you want to be scattered if you want yes yeah, you scattered because it's a great burden for people to, to guess yeah. what you want and then you read the will two weeks after the person's been cremated and they want it to be buried, well it's all too late because <laughs> it's all been done so it's really important that you tell people what you want So are there any s- charges for your services at, at a funeral? Yes um, sh- if, it, if people are really poor I, mm. we don't yeah. charge but if people um, I usually just work with a funeral director mm. and they just put it on their costing
0: and it all just goes through that way. And that goes through to the mother house? Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm. No. Or it goes back to a <laughs> poor
0: family that yeah, needs or it. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Gets yeah. recycled back out into the community. Make Today Count at the moment is only available in Newcastle and the surrounding areas, the Hunter Valley, I guess. Yes. If as a result of this program some listeners would like to set up a similar organisation in their own area how would they go about it
1: well it's the big thing is to know that you really want to commit to it it's a big commitment um, to start an organisation up we all know that and to turn up every week or every fortnight for a support meeting but it can be done and it is done And I would suggest that people like um, work through the Cancer Council because they're starting to use um, support groups and Mm. have them around. And also the Cancer Council have um, a telephone system as well where you can ring up. Mm. But I would suggest that they ring Cancer Council to see if they can set up a support system or group because then I could probably get finances
0: as well. And I guess they'd also have the Cancer Council as their background and, yes. and their, their own support yes. as well as... Yes. Um, and they do education on that and how hmm. to educate people to run
1: hmm. support groups. So And that's what they do through Sydney Uni. They work with the Cancer Council as well. So that's how I would go about it if I was going to start up again. I mean, anyone's welcome to ring Make Today Count, but I think it's... Because Cancer Council is national, National. it would probably be a better way to go.
0: Now, you say that people can ring Make Today Count. Which is 49438462. Which is not the number I've got written down here again. Tell me again, Annie. 49438462. And there'll be somebody there to answer that? question at, at yes, all. Yes usually
1: or if not there's an answering machine we'll get back mm. to people as soon mm. as we can. Okay.
0: For the local people, you're in Charlestown, Charlestown Road, Dudley? In Dudley mm. Road. Mm. So that's number is available for anyone who A wants help for the condition and and, the, got, and support. Yes. Or if people would like to, to interested in coming to help you. Yes. Yeah. Annie, thank you for coming in and giving us the time today. Um, And I know you've got a really hectic schedule, but thank you so much and and giving us the time and your support here. Thank you. I'm now off to organise a funeral, so that'll be good.
1: (laughs) So thanks for today. I've really enjoyed being here with you. Thank you, Iris. Thanks, Annie.
0: My guest today has been Sister Annie Laurie from Make Today Count. I'm Iris Nichols, and until the next time we meet, on behalf of us all, we wish you well.